Welcome everybody to the Kid Casper podcast. I'm your gracious, beautiful, blessed, beloved, and black hosted kid that they call Casper. The KID in Kid Casper stands for that king of development. I'm that menace with the melanin. Reject me as I am as long as he's still relevant. So tonight I have an interview with somebody I consider a big brother, a mentor in this space, um, a pioneer in some sense. Um, he is somebody I like to say that nuances his niche uh, context is his favorite uh, color and everything like that. Um, this is somebody I consider a legend as a Christian rapper. Um, very new to this YouTube space as an influencer and everything like that. Um, I have been spending, I think, for like the last two hours trying to understand how to enunciate his last name. But for those that know me personally and know I have two full names, that's pretty hard. And English is not my first language. So, everybody... Um, please welcome to the Kid Casper podcast. Um, y'all might know him as a rapper, producer, clothing apparel owner that only lasts for sales as far as like three weeks on hand. But I know him as Ruslan. How you doing today, bro? Hey, what's up, man? I'm doing well. That was a, a fantastic intro. Thank you so much for the kind words. I don't know if all of them are true, but I appreciate them. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, first off, I'd like to say thank you for accepting my invitation. Um, I know you're super busy as it is. I know you like high key work for Batman and nobody knows, but um, understandable. <laughs> we just work a lot, man. As you can see, Zach Sparazzo is behind me working right now, slaving away. But I made sure we could be here with you this evening. That's that's what's up. So I do. Um, I know you told me you wanted to, you know, get past formalities and everything like that. But I yes. feel like it's only fair to kind of break you in a tad bit when it comes to um, what we do here on the Kid Casper podcast. So we already pretty much know who you are. You're like I said, you low key, high key work for Batman and everything like that. But I do always ask my guests these questions. The only two I actually have prepared. And it's this one. It's completely random. I don't really know if this means if you're going to be on the right side of heaven or not. But the first question is, if you had to pick a favorite Disney princess, what favorite Disney princess would that be? Cinderella? She was asleep, right? Is that Cinderella? And then, was Cinderella? yeah. No, that's Snow White. Snow I get them all confused, bro. I don't remember Disney stuff. But whichever one was asleep and then woke up. Snow White. I think that was Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, if Sleeping I'm not mistaken. Beauty. All of the gotcha. above. The one that was dreaming. Be, don't sleep on your dreams. Bang, bang. Gotcha, gotcha. All righty then. And this one, I don't really know if you know anything. Well, this will let me know how much of a nerd you are. I'm not sure. Um, if you had to pick a Starter 6 Pokemon set, what Starter 6 Pokemon would they be? Bro, I know nothing of Pokemon. I just got into Beyblades because my six-year-old loves them, and we just transitioned over to Bakugans, okay? So I know nothing of Pokemon, but if my son gets into them, I will then educate myself. Oh, I, I mean, I appreciate the honesty. I mean, like, we already kind of knew you were cooler than me, so that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> but the nerds are cool now, man. Like, my nephews are, like, into anime, and it's like a thing. I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. But it's a thing, man. Nerds run the world now. So shout out. Shout out to all the nerds. Yeah. And then you just joined the Mohawk party. I've noticed that you've not been a Mohawk. Like the it's not a Mohawk. It it's a mullet. Put some respect on my mullet's name. It's, it's a, a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, 
It's a very casual California mohawk, but yeah, ah. if you <laughs> ah. something like that. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you here today, not only because I think it's super dope to always hear your thoughts, but um, I wanted to, you know, see if you could carve some time out of your schedule to pick your brain a little bit about your most recent album you just dropped, uh, Love What You Do. Um, I, I mean, I think I sent you a video of me dancing around in it in some very, um, I call them my 90s joggers, where I just kind of like lounge around in my slippers and everything like that. But I wanted to pick your brain a little bit because I would say... It was it was I would say it's kind of nicer to listen to this album and everything, especially since I've been following closely to you with YouTube as of the last like two years. You've come into this new space. So it's always interesting and refreshing to hear your commentary off of the mic, if that makes sense. Uh Um, But yeah, so I guess like my first question is what inspired not only this album and why the title Love What You Do? Well, what inspired the album? I don't know if any one thing inspires, for me, an album. I think it was a culmination of things and kind of coming full circle to, to, to starting in music, pivoting to YouTube, then kind of going back to music, then going back to YouTube, and really just trying to seek that contentment regardless on what I was doing. And I think the music kind of overflowed from the season of life that I'm in, so being a dad, creating, um, helping people, having a different paradigm than where I was at Indy Jones three. I would say those things, there's more living life and every season has been different from every project. So more or less that less, yeah, it wasn't like one thing that inspired it, but, but more or less just kind of the evolution of where I'm at now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, it, it seemed like and this isn't to say that you were stiffer by any means. It seemed like you had a lot more fun than this album, I would say. Even like your back and forth with you and Foggy on the first track where you were like, hey, it's a little too TMI. We don't really mm-hmm. need to do all that. <laughs> Having like, I think you had your son's ad libs on yeah, the project. Yeah. Um, is this the first time you've had um, Levi, those that don't know, Levi who everybody like loses their victory over because he wants to be miles morales for halloween every year um but is this your first time that you've had your son um i would say um participate with you or i would just say share this no with him no uh he's like came in and kind of messed around before in the studio but he was actually on do for one there's a song um i think it's called my love where you hear him being born at the end of it. So technically he's been on a record before. So if I'm going to do for one album, if you guys want to hear my son being born, a very kind of intimate moment of my life, you could actually hear him being born at the end of my love. And I feel like we've worked him into something else before. He's been in music videos before, but I think this was the time where I kind of wanted to build like a cohesive sound. Mm-hmm. And I thought what better way than infuse my family and, and, I think children's voices have always made me smile, whether it was like, I remember Timbaland sampled the baby on an Aaliyah song and uh, uh, boom, boom, do, 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 do. And he had this like, tell me you're that somebody. Yeah. Tell me Mm -hmm. that you're somebody. And so I've always just liked that. Like I like children's voices and I think they sound super cool. And so I wanted to, again, create like more of a cohesive 
sound to my production as well as to the record and give you those same like um jay-z nas you know wash the throne vocal chops but have my son do them and uh and, and kind of make it more unique that way and so that's kind of where the idea came from and the rest of it was just i don't know kind of like what i was going through at the time when i wrote it you know and i had a different kind of project in mind and we shuffled it all around and i said man I like this love what you do theme and I had the apparel collection dropping and doing the challenge. And I think it gives me more range to articulate ideas versus just music or just videos. But we did like a multi-layered exploration of what the content is about. Yeah. And it was um, one thing that I, what I got out of it, especially when I'm um, listening to this album, um, I, I still listen to one take like religiously. Um, I was very happy to hear it on the countdowns from the streams you did today. Um, it just seemed like you've, I mean, the title is called from the album, Love What You Do. It, ju it literally just seems like a let my hair down type of project where I could have fun with this. My man's rocking a mullet, a California mohawk, I'll call it. Um, but you just seem... It seems like in a lot of ways, not, not so much that you've um, fallen into this with your older music. It seems as if you're just on cruise control. You're just enjoying life. You're almost narrating these different seasons, like you said, um, on this project. And I don't know. I, I, I sense an at peace, Ruslan, from um, over the last, I would say, like two yeah. years. I think when you diversify your revenue streams, when money isn't as much of a concern you're not trying to quote unquote make it and you have flexibility i think the art is going to sound different and i think that probably is the place more of us should create from so instead of creating out of desperation or trying to launch businesses or ventures out of desperation launching them out of stability and out of freedom i think will create a different experience for you creating it and for the listener on the other side so i think it's more it's more so that i think a lot of the other projects i was either angry hurt or still trying to establish myself where this is probably the first record where i there's there's none of that like i'm at peace i'm happy there's no uh I'm not, i don't need to prove myself to anyone and i'm more assured of like what I what I do is going to work and what I even what I do musically is going to work in time. And so there's no desire to, like, uh, prove myself or anything like that. And so I think that's kind of the 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 view of that, man. And so I think most most of the times artists don't create from that place. So that's kind of where the music flew out of this time. Yeah, it's um one thing, and I think I, <clears throat> it's funny we were talking about this before um we fired up. I remember messaging you. I think it was like two o'clock in the morning. It was um after one of your streams. Um, I think you you gave over the rest of the masters to I think um your artist John Gibbs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh -huh. And yep. and at the time, and I remember as you were doing it, you know, this was during a time where. Things were getting kind of heated on social media. Things were getting nasty. Things were said. We don't really need to dig into that. But there was something that you said that, like, it broke something in me. And it was, um, you said something that, um, I think it was K20, K, um, KJ52 said to you, it was, I'd rather be reconciled than right. And I yeah. think that, for me, was when I noticed, I was like, 
there's just something about not that you had like a, a pride issue or anything before i've noticed that you're just like i don't care to be right all the time i don't care to be able to say the the one up bar it's i'm at peace this is just the right. place i'm in in my life and that's going to be everybody else's problem um while i'm navigating through this so i definitely yeah. see that before and, and, and kj said that and he really pulled from second corinthians chapter five which has this beautiful passage about how we're called to be ministers of reconciliation because god reconciled us to himself that we are then here to persuade and, and reconcile people back to God and, and, and be in positions to rec to be reconcilers. And so that's something that, you know, I think if more of us took that, that posture across the board, man, whether it's in our mm -hmm. homes and our communities and our families, with our friends, it, it, jobs, what have you, if, if, if the heart was, let me, let me try and be a unifier. Let me try to be a reconciler. Let me try to be a peacemaker. You don't really need to be right all the time, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's 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 more so about let me let me be someone that is here to, for for reconciliation and not for trying to be right. And so that passage, I encourage folks to read it, man. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 11 is is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um like for me, it was during a season in my life where I think it was something that though I wasn't going through it, it was something I knew I was going to need because um, in this year, probably since I would say September of last year, I've had to remind myself it's better to be um, reconciled than right. I don't always have to be right. It's better to be reconciled. And I remember hearing you say that in your stream, I bookmarked it for myself. And I was like, this is something just to keep at the forefront. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, especially as disciples of Christ, if they love me more than my Lord and Savior at the end of the day, then maybe I'm doing something wrong. Mm. Um, maybe I need to get out of the way a little bit and allow Yahweh to have his way um, in my witness. So, yeah, sure. that's good. I think coming to that conclusion can be a journey, right? Because it's not like it's one thing to to to, to know and have knowledge of something. It's another thing to experience and walk through something and it sounds like you you are going and learning that same thing which is which is beautiful to hear mm -hmm, for sure um one thing that i wanted to <clears throat> talk to you about today and it's funny because i've never heard anybody put it this way um it was i think it was right around the election last year and i think for me as a disciple you know i didn't okay so little story about me i didn't get saved till i was 19 I was going to hell on a scholarship. You know what I'm saying? I was I was I like out that. here. I was out here wilding a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But I would say like for me and much like everybody else, this was the one time where it seemed like the church was heavily involved in politics or better yet, politics was heavily involved in church. Mm -hmm. And you came out with a song, a statement, a sentiment that just said, I'm politically agnostic. Mm -hmm. um, for myself, I've never been, I, I always tell people, you know, my alliance is to the lion and the lamb, not a donkey or an elephant. Mm -hmm. um, what was that for you? Has it always been something where it's been a statement where you've been politically agnostic? Mm -hmm. um, have you leaned more way than another? Or is it just something that you knew since being saved? I can't put, I can't put my faith into any of these camps like that. I think it's been a combination of refining the idea more as I paid attention more and 
really being exposed to it before I was saved. I talked about having a teacher named Mr. Hidalgo, and then I had a different teacher named Tamborino. And Mr. Hidalgo, I remember him being a Democrat and him giving us his reasons. Then I remember Mr. Hidalgo, he was a real estate guy. He was a Republican. And there was another teacher I had. So I would have these different teachers and different perspectives and kind of hear all of the different views. And be like, man, I like that. Oh, but I, but I also like that. Oh, but I also like that. And so there being ideas from different camps that I liked. However, then seeing it play out to its logical conclusion, meaning that watching very closely the election of 2004, and I was a Bush guy. I was like, man, this is, you know, you don't want to switch leaders in the middle of a war. And uh, I, I couldn't vote yet. But I remember then all the stuff that came out. It was like weapons of mass destruction. They, they weren't in Iraq. Afghanistan was a wash. Like this whole post 9-11 thing was just kind of trash top to bottom. So I remember thinking like, oh, man, like this dude got it wrong. And then I remember Obama getting elected. And and then and I was really paying close attention. I was in college at that point, paying really close attention. And then being like, man, like this isn't the guy I thought he would be. Right. He pushed through the Affordable Health Care Act. I thought that was good. But there was a lot of stuff where I think he just kind of, I don't say dropped the ball on, but he just wasn't able to execute in the way he branded himself as like, I'm this outsider. I'm this guy that's going to, you know, change and hope and, you know, all, all these different things. And then like, he gets in there and like, sounds like business as usual. Right. And so I think then Trump becomes the response to that. I think Trump is the, the, the response to that. Some of which is, uh, technology getting us more polarized, communication flowing faster, some of which is is there's some degree of racism there. Uh, and some of it's just like folks just felt like he kind of took some L's, you know, and, and, and people can we could attribute it to a lot of those other rings. But if you look at 2016, I mean, he flipped a lot of those counties Trump did that that Obama won. So you got folks that voted for Obama in 08 and in 2012 that then voted for Trump, you know, and I don't think those guys were like, those folks were like um, asleep racist and then they, their racism wrote, woke up in 2016. I think they had legitimate gripes in terms of that whole middle America swing state. So I just kind of I, I would pay attention and not to the point where I wanted to take a side because I was like, man, Hillary seems pretty trash, but Trump seems trash. And by the time 2020 rolled around, I had more time to think and really flesh out these ideas. And I think really what the politically agnostic thing was, was me speaking to the church and being like, guys, like, just leave people alone. Like, people are going to vote for who they want to vote for. Neither of these guys got it right. Ne nobody has all the answers. How about we just leave people alone and, and, and maybe we can move towards a post-bipartisan class in america not, not not class but political climate so i think that's all that was man is like the more i think about it there were policies that trump had that i thought were good policies i think some of his foreign trade stuff was was solid i think he did good stuff and there were things that you know obviously i disagreed with and so but when it what happened was within a was in a church there's a lot of statements like you can't vote this way or you can't be this party and vote this way across the board. Like there was Democrats or people that leaned left that were literally saying anyone who voted for Trump was a white supremacist. 
And I was like, wait, 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 wait. And then you get into the whole like, I mean, look at look at Florida like that. A lot of Cubans voted for Trump. A lot of Puerto Ricans voted for Trump. I think that's a stretch to say all those folks are white, uh, white supremacists. You could say their views are, you know, maybe they're incomplete. Maybe they're missing some variables. And then obviously the other side is like, you know, you have Trump voters saying like if you vote for Biden and you're a communist and you're a. Uh, a Marxist and all this, all this nonsense. Don't forget so the I, baby killers. The baby, baby killers, killers too. Yeah, the baby killers. And so you have these like really polarized sides that I don't think did anyone any good. And the church was the most present in it because before, you know, black Christians would tend to vote Democrat, white Christians would tend to vote Republican, but there wasn't really the crossover of those communities now the the world is much smaller so now maybe if you don't go to the same church on sunday morning you're still probably interacting some way on social media with people that are of different ethnicities and maybe different slightly different political leanings than you and so now this is all kind of crossed over and everybody's just yelling at each other and telling each other what they're doing wrong and how you hate you know you hate minorities you hate poor people well you hate babies well you right and so um all the parties are flawed. Every politician, I think anyone that's desiring to be a a president probably has a couple of screws loose. You know, to desire that degree of headache um, just sounds like you probably got a few screws. Left. And so this is the stuff we divided over as a church, the majority of 2020, unfortunately. And I think me saying, hey, I'm politically agnostic is basically saying, like, look, vote for you who want to vote for it and just leave each other alone, which, by the way, is a very conservative idea. Like, hey, just leave me alone. Like. I just want to be, that's a very libertarian, maybe not conservative is the wrong word. It's a very libertarian idea to just be like, hey, look, man, I just want to be left alone. Like, I want the government out of my business. I want you out of my business. And and that's really what being politically agnostic is about. And of course, you again, you're going to have folks that are going to say, you, it's because you're a white cisgendered male. You can afford to be politically agnostic. Or then you got folks saying, so what are you saying? It's okay to be a Democrat and kill babies. Like I wasn't saying either of those things. Right. I was saying vote for who you want to vote for based on your conscience and how you think through the, these issues, um, because I think there's plenty of responsibility and just, you know, fault that can be given to any party. Yeah, exactly. And then not even that. It's the fact that I think that you've spoken this numerous times. And I even heard uh, KB and Amin say this, um, but putting your faith in Caesar to, uh, you know, advance Jesus's agenda. It just doesn't make sense. Um, anytime that somebody in the White House, their agenda aligns with the kingdom's agenda, we're probably looking at the wrong kingdom or right. things in the world. Re we're really a lot more closer to the world's mindset than we really think it is. But right. yeah, right. that's... um. It's always, I don't know. It was, just, I always thought that was funny to me when everybody's like, oh man, what are we going to do? I'm like, hopefully be Christians at the end right. of all of this. That'd be nice. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> something that um, I've heard you touch base about numerous times on your streams, and this is something that's been very helpful to me because since joining your Patreon, I want to say around fall, around this time last year, um, mm -hmm. I've been able to establish close relationships with people I consider family at this point. We talk literally every day. Mm -hmm. um, and I think of like, you know, not only the pandemic we all had to deal with, this reignited civil rights 
movement, um, everything being on lockdown. Apparently, the new iPhone Delta variant is coming out, so everybody's kind of tripping. Uh, we don't know whether <laughs> we don't know if we're going back on lockdown or not. Um, talk a little bit about not only the importance of establishing a foundation of faith as a disciple of Christ, but establishing some sense of community being in Quin I call the, these sessions Quinonia with the kid, but establishing mm -hmm. some sense of Quinonia with like-minded people or just people in general during this time. Yeah. I think community is important, right? And we, and a lot of us had to pivot to a virtual community for the, the interim because we literally couldn't gather in person. And so I think that's a, a, a good way that we do and can use technology to build with people that are like-minded or maybe people that even aren't like-minded that could challenge us a little bit, push us out of our, um, our paradigm of like, it has to be this way. So I think that's a, that, that's a beautiful thing, man, is, is, is to have some form of community. And, and, and the truth is like, I feel oftentimes closer to folks that are more maybe remotely away from me than I do sometimes in my own proximity, just because, it's weird how technology can can do that, man. And so I think that's a that was probably one of the the, the pros of this entire thing is you kind of kind of got to be and think a little different, you know. And I think as we're now opening up and things are becoming less locked down and and all that, hopefully we do make an effort to go back into some type of physical koinonia and gatherings and connection and, and that sort of thing. Cause I, I, I do feel like that is necessary for us to have uh, in person, a person like I was at flavor fest, man. And flavor fest was dope. And I met a lot of the folks from our Patreon community at flavor fest by about 30 or 40 of them that came out, which was beautiful to just, Oh, like we talk on zoom, but like, yo, you're here. Like you're in, you're in the flesh. So I think there's going to be opportunities for that. And I'm excited to uh, to see how that changes over the coming years, because um, I'm hopeful that things are going to, you know, going to open back up. And I don't think this is like we're permanently in lockdown. Um, the, this, I think the Delta was 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 hard, but it seems like it's died down. And so now, from my understanding, the other variants that are coming are are way less dangerous and more people have gotten vaccinated and and, and are you know doing that and so i think we're gonna get back to a not a not a not normal but a new normal like i don't think we're ever gonna get away from like folks who work in the healthcare industry or folks who work with food not wearing masks or you not getting on an airplane without like i think that stuff is more or less here to stay um uh, but i think all the other stuff we're gonna get back to to normal in my opinion we're gonna get back to in-person concerts and in-person gatherings and going back to movies and hang out with people in person but i think we'll be more deliberate in how we do those things and who we choose to spend our time with uh after things start opening up I think um, one thing I will say is we just take advantage and um, capitalize off of establishing intimacy with one another. Um, I feel like we all, because if we think about how 2020 began, Kobe died in the helicopter crash mm -hmm. and life seemed very fragile, I would say, after that. And then pandemic um civil rights movement got reignited in a sense. I think we all had to look in the mirror and be like, especially for disciples of Christ, we're doing this intimacy thing wrong. We're doing this love thing wrong with one another. So hopefully that becomes more normalized and people washing their hands. That'd be great too. If people could just wash their hands and cover their mouth when they sneeze, you know what I'm saying? I think that, I think we should all be okay. 
But I mean, yeah, wishful thinking. But let's. Just I, think, I think that's probably the the good thing that we did pick up from. I think like like countries like Japan, where they kind of willfully have been putting on masks for years, you know, decades. Uh, when someone is sick, and so I think that that's dope. You know what I mean? Like I think that's a that's a good uh, that's a good thing. I think we'll walk away with. Mm-hmm. Don't you think they got that from Michael Jackson though? I mean, he's been kind of on that wave before. <laughs> no, nah, I think I was like the first <laughs> SARS pandemic. I don't think Michael had it, but Michael was on to something too. Michael was ahead of his time, clearly. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Sunglasses, <laughs> um, umbrellas, the mask. I don't know. Maybe he was on the run from the law. I don't really know. That's besides the point. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I think that's, I think that's something that we can all kind of grab out. Everybody thinks that's funny. I thought it was. I mean, that's something to kind of pay attention towards. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is. Um, it's just. I think the one thing that I'm excited to see. Um, and you know, if you have time to kind of talk about it a little bit, um, we're talking about. I've noticed this is we're in the fourth quarter of 2021. Um, it seems like 2020 never left necessarily. Um, but I think we all had to either put up more effort than excuses at this point. Um, you know, you just celebrated hitting 100 K on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you just dropped the album. Uh, you got, you got, you got your, your, your California mohawk or your mullet. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mullet, be, man. I'm be For some respect it's, mullet, man. It, it's a mohawk, man. I've had a mohawk since 2008. I'm not going to allow you to like escape <laughs> being claimed as part of the mo the Mohegans. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but I guess what um, my next question is, is what is next for Ruslan? What is next for Ruslan in this season? Um, not only as, as an entrepreneur, as a creative, as a now as an influencer, um, people are checking you out. You're like white, hot fire right now, and not white because you happen to be white, but you're just I'm white hot too. Though, on so you. Okay. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll, that's I'll true, just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But what is next for Ruslan um, as far as ventures in this season in your life? Yeah, so we're doing a mastermyhabits.com free course on. Uh, 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 freedom forming habits, um, because I think we are a culmination of our habits. You are your habits. And I think if we can help people really understand how to form better habits, how to break addiction, how to build healthy habits, um, I'm, I'm working on getting my therapist to be in the course. So we're doing that for free, just really, because I think that's a pain point that a lot of people are going through. And obviously there's a spectrum, like someone that's addicted to fentanyl there's going to be someone that like oh man like i like looking at pretty girls you know there's a spectrum of addiction there but i think if i can help people kind of fix that area of their life which which is which is which is simple but not easy right it's simple but not easy i think um i think i'm i'm really in a space where i want to help people just just solve some of their problems with whatever life experience i have and breakthroughs that i've had so we're going to be working on that. Um, you can sign up for that now at mastermyhabits.com. Uh, we are working on new apparel. I think the apparel for 2020 is going to be on a whole nother level. And I'm, I'm super excited about that. So we're starting to kind of forecast the spring launch for the apparel. And, uh, you know, YouTube, um, I'm trying to get into just a better pocket of consistently making and creating and releasing music. Um so there, there's that and, uh, and, and, and more like digital products, man. I think um, our master, uh, master my YouTube 
live course did really well. We have a mastermind merch course. We have stuff like that, that I think is going to really just help people if they want to get into the content creator space, have some sort of blueprint because sometimes people just need a, a blueprint. Sometimes people just need a, Hey, this is, this is where the ladder is. And you know, it's going to take different people, different speeds to get up the ladder based on their talent and ability and, and frequency and relationship and access to information, access to equipment, so on and so forth. But at least they know here is a system that can work for if I want to get my merch up, if I want to get my YouTube up, if I want to figure out how to just make better choices and get healthier spiritually, purity wise, whatever. So I think there'll be that. I'm hoping to do more in-person interviews in 2022. So we're already starting to kind of lock in different uh, things that that we're going to be working on. Like I did, a, I was on um, Southside Rabbi uh, in-person conversation, which was really cool. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So I'm, we did an in-person podcast. I'm, uh, I'm probably going to have them on my channel in person. So there's, yeah, man, there's, there's, there's good things in the pipeline, but I think it's, you know, it's, 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 it's really doing the same things over and over and doing them really well. That I think is, is the long haul, right? So if like, if I can consistently make really good YouTube stuff and have interesting conversations, I think people are going to find that valuable. If I can, make good music if i can have good good conversation if i can give people good digital products good apparel so on and so forth i think those things over time compound and i don't think people quite understand how compound how how the compound effect works how the snowball effect works i think that's something that should be taught mandatory man it's like before you graduate high school you got to know how compound interest works in debt and you got to know how compound interest works in the market and if you could understand those two things then you could apply that one just to not making stupid decisions financially and also not making uh, and also saving more. But then you start understanding how compound, how things compound in other areas, because it, it really is like, you know, I went from doing YouTube for years, growing to 15,000 subscribers. And then in a matter of like two months, doubling and then tripling that. And, 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 and now it's, it, it just continues to, to compound on top of each other. And that's the dope part, man. It's like, once you find that pocket and that sweet spot on whatever format you want to do, it really does build over time. I think most people give up before they're able to see that breakthrough. Um, you know, for me, it was like close to a thousand videos before I really start to saw that pop. I remember I was on Alan Parr's channel. It was at like 60,000 subscribers. I did a hundred thousand, uh, thousand videos. And then I was on Alan Parr's channel and that like, boom, jumped me to, you know, an extra 10,000 subscribers in, in a matter of weeks. When you do something well enough, you make yourself a value and, and, and you make yourself useful. And when you make yourself useful, then people want to collaborate and work with you. People that, that, that actually have the opportunity to help you want to help you instead of you wanting them to help you, they actually want to help you. And, and I think that's how a lot of stuff in, in business and in, YouTube creation, whatever it, it, it tends to work more like that is like, you know, you, you got to start moving and doing things and then um, other people want to get around you be because that you also have utility at that point as well. Yeah, it's um, it's establishing um, something uh, somebody from your um, Patreon community says as well. It's establishing that emotional and relational equity with people and mm -hmm. then you know, being able to show your work ethic at the same time, because nobody wants to just how to what do, what do the kids always say? I'm 27. So I don't know if I'm dating myself with these terms um, where they're just trying to like jack somebody else's glow and gain somebody else's clout or anything like that. It's 
what do you bring to the table and is it going to be beneficial for me to eat with you once we sit down and have a meal together essentially but yeah yeah absolutely and, and, and that. you can get short results like doing what you just described right jacking and, and copying or writing somebody else's way but usually that that that'll fizzle out you know and that'll that'll that will be short-lived versus actually understanding the mechanics of building something out for the long haul requires just a different degree of effort and intensity. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, so something that I'm, I'm actually kind of curious about these. Um, I don't know if you have time for these. I usually ask people a couple of quick hitters. I don't know yep. if anybody's ever asked you these um, tens of questions. They're pretty much opinion based. Um, it's, Either or, don't worry. I'm not gonna ask you. Um, I'm not gonna ask you if you consider your hair a mohawk or a mullet. I'm not gonna ask you Nikes over. I might ask you Nikes over Adidas because I know you in the resale game. So that's besides the that's besides the point. But um, if you have um time for this, you know, yeah, humor me for a second. All right, T. All right, T. Um, this might get you in trouble. I don't know. Um, uh -oh. Pharrell uh -oh. or Kanye? Kanye. Not even gonna think about it. Not even gonna think about it. Seriously? No. He made it's Despicable not... Me. Kanye. Kanye, period. Period. Yay okay. over everybody. Oh, it's yay. I forgot now. It's yay now. We, yeah, we got, it's, it's yay. Mr. Yay. Okay. All right, T. All right, T. Um, flats or drums? Talk about chicken. Flats or drums? Flat? What is it? A flat of chicken? What is a flat of chicken? A flat. It's like the it's the chicken that it has like two bones instead of just one. No, no, they can't do all those bones. Uh, drums, definitely their legs. Okay. You want the drums, yeah. Okay, all right. So this man believes in Jesus and he likes the drums. Okay, he's doing all right Absolutely. so far. Um, hmm. Tyrese or genuine? Genuine. Okay, cool. I thought I liked you already. Good, good, good. This isn't really a right or wrong answer. Prince or MJ? Ooh, I mean, that's a hard one because Prince had, Prince was more prolific. Like he put out more albums and, and from a business standpoint, I love that he went independent and he just, just did different stuff, man. So like if I'm, if I'm, if my bias is playing into it in terms of what, where his career went, I, I like where Prince went. If we got to go off of just hits and impact, I mean, there's no way you can deny MJ. Uh, but but I, like I liked Prince's late stuff. Like I was into musicology. I was into a lot of those records. And with with MJ, I wasn't really that into his later stuff. So um, yeah, man. So I, th I think you 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 can't you got to give MJ his, his props. But man, Prince towards the end had a phenomenal run. Like he was still active. He was still performing. He was still doing dope music, putting out albums every year, all the time, just dropping stuff, owning his catalog. So like, I like where Prince went and, and, and MJ, I think the, that has obviously has a bigger catalog. Okay. All right. All right. Um, if you had to have dinner with five people dead or alive, um, who would be at this dinner with you? Jesus. All right. Number one. I would say Jesus, my wife. I would, you know what? We'll just we'll just include her because y'all are you know one. Okay, once one got married okay, so I got four like more. That. I got four more. So Jesus, um, Tupac. I think Tupac will be really interesting. Um, Solomon. 
Hmm. Um. Who else? Solomon. Um. I think. See the Tupac, Jesus, Solomon, uh, Jay Z. I would love to to talk to Jay Z. I would love for for Jesus to talk to Jay Z. That would be dope. <laughs> um, yeah, and probably yay. Yeah, I'll probably be, put yay up there. That'd be really interesting to say. Interesting least. conversation, is, right? Yeah. So, so you have Yeezus and Jesus at the same dinner table. Well, no, he doesn't go by Yeezus anymore. He is. Yeah, a, my bad. Is, my bad. He's, he's a new he's creation. He's yay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And my last question, as far as my quick hitters, is if you could see anybody to be on the Kid Casper podcast, who would it be? But your answer has to be somebody you could help get on here, essentially. Ah, oh, that's an easy one. I think, have you talked the truth yet? I have not talked the truth yet. No, I have not. I would talk the truth. I would talk to who else? Truth, um, Harrison family vlog. I like their stuff a lot, but yeah, I think those are two two easy alley oops for you that I think would be super fun to 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 chop it up with. All righty then, all righty. Well, first off, um, big brother, I just want to say thank you again for sharing this space with me. This was dope. Um, you know, I always say that you know my guests are welcome back here anytime. I know you're super busy. You're trying to figure out how to make the Batmobile float again. So I understand that you got, <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got your hands full essentially. Um, but thank you, brother. This was, um, this was dope. Uh, I really appreciate you not only sharing the space and I just wanted to, you know, publicly thank you. Um, joining your Patreon last year, personally, it was one of the best decisions I made in my life because the people I've met within the Patreon community, not only have become a part of my support system in the sen- and we talk every day, Wow. It has immensely tra- changed my life, brother. After, you know, I told you this a couple of times off camera, you know, leaving my old church, changing my whole support system, but having people be added in from mm-hmm. that camp. I uh, just wanted to say thank you, brother. Continue being you. Um, I'm loving what you're doing. Continue doing what you're doing, man. And just keep creating at the end of the day. Um, if I can Appreciate leave anything you, with you. Of course. Thank of you, course. brother. That's cool, man. And thank you for affirming that thing about the Patreon community, because I think we're 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 trying to be more deliberate with just those Zoom calls and giving people opportunity to connect and build, and so that 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 kind of confirms a lot of the stuff that um we've been thinking through. So thank you for sharing that. Of course, no problem, no problem. All right, everybody. Um, hopefully everybody's having a good day. Um, I don't know if you did. I mean, it's chilly and cornbread weather over here on the East Coast. As you can see, I'm cold and I'm wearing my hood um because it's 63 degrees here and the sun just set oh well god bless you it's about 47 (laughs) it's 47 degrees and when you go outside the wind hurts my face um (laughs) over here in maryland so it's pretty abusive um everybody stay tuned um go ahead and check out ruslan's if you haven't heard about him then i just assume that you're locked up and you stole your phone from contraband that's the only way you don't know about this man um (laughs) always always remember you are beautiful blessed and beloved uh raisins don't go on potato salad um by the way Roos, have you have you ever put um would you eat um mayonnaise on top of corn for some odd reason mayonnaise on top of corn no we put butter on top of corn but not mayonnaise on top butter on corn is fine um how about condensed milk on avocados 
No, 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 no. SMO country, country stuff, bro. I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about. He said, <laughs> no. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in offline. You hit me. Quick. Okay. Okay. Respect. Respect. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Raisins don't go on potato salad, and Jesus wasn't white. Have a good night now, y'all.